Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Jay Hams, and if you are new here, if this is your first time discovering the W-2 Capitalist, we as the W-2 Capitalist are here as a resource to help you and your family build wealth so that you and your spouse can spend more time with your family. We are here to help you create a bigger nest egg and gravitate you toward building generational wealth that you can pass on to your kids, they can pass on to their kids, and so on and so forth. Before we get into today's episode with our very special guest, Mr. William Tingle, I want to point you to our sponsor, Quest Trust. Quest is my self-directed IRA custodian. They were not my first self-directed IRA custodian, but they have definitely shown me that there is a night and day difference between IRA custodians. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, if you have an old IRA, let's say you have a previous employer, doesn't matter if it was yesterday, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if you have an old IRA, it could be an old 401k that is sitting with that employer's uh, benefit plan or, or pl- stock plan, whatever the case may be, you can transfer that into a self-directed RA to use it to invest in real estate, to use it to invest in businesses. But in order to do that, in order to do that tax-free, tax uh, penalty-free, you have to be able to use, you have to use a, a custodian to do that. And Quest Trust is the custodian that I use to handle those monies for me, right? So check them out today at w2capitalist.com forward slash quest and set up your free consultation with them today. The link is in the show notes for you to grab as well. But for now, let's get in today's episode with Mr. William Tingle. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. All right, guys, today's very special guest is Mr. William Tingle. William is the host of Sub2Deals.com and the Sub2Deals Show podcast, is a nationally known real estate investor, investing coach, author, and public speaker. William had worked in the restaurant business for almost 20 years when in 1999, he ordered a Carlton Sheets Nothing Down course off a late night TV infomercial. Good to know there's uh, also guys who order stuff off late night infomercials. Uh, He read it and took a $5,000 advance from a credit card to start his real estate investing career. Exactly one year later, it's incredible, one year later, he quit his job for good, paid the credit card off, and has, to this day, never used a penny of his own money for investing. For over 10 years, he operated a real estate business where he wholesaled and rehabbed numerous properties each year, but he found his real niche in what he calls sub two buying subject to finance to existing financing. To date, he has taken the deed on over 500 properties. And even though he quote unquote retired in Belize in 2010, he still continues to buy 20 to 25 properties a year in this matter in select markets throughout the U.S. He has trained and coached countless students all over the country to become financially successful real estate investors. Guys, let's welcome William to the show. William. Welcome to the show. Hey, before we dive into this, there's there's one thing I want to I want to make sure you are aware of. And 
the way that you and I connected, uh, apparently we were fr friends on Facebook, but I posted the question, who is your go-to resource for sub two deals, right? Instantly your name come up and then like 15 comments later, your name is still coming up as, as the, the one guy. And then this other guy's name start trickling in there, right? And I was like, so I reached out to both of you, yeah. right? Uh, he never responded. You not only responded to me, but more importantly, you responded to every person who commented and, and dropped your name saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think that's what sets you apart uh, with you and the other guy. And I'm not saying the other guy because um, I don't want to give him credit. I don't remember his name and I don't want to take the time to go look up the post to, to do it because you are the guy. You know, I mean, you're, you, we were just talking about the goat poster behind you. And I think the way that you make this personable is so resonating with folks because sub two deals are, I don't know, it's mind boggling to me. And I'm hoping we can clear that up today. And anybody else who's struggling to understand what, what, a you know, sub two deal is, what is a right. sub two deal? So if we can start, number one, thank you for being that guy. Thank you for being very personal. Uh, not just responding to me. Again, it was is everybody who tagged you in the comments. You're like, well, thank you. You know, you could tell uh, that it was genuine. So, um, thank you for being that guy in our space because I think so much of that happens in our space. There's there's not a lot of people that would do that. So, um, definitely setting you apart, at least in my eyes, for what it's worth. <laughs> but oh, thanks. That I want to ask you, so let's very beginning, what the hell is a sub two deal? What is a sub two deal? <laughs> well, uh, you know, in its simplest form, a sub two deal, so, somebody owns a house okay. and for some reason they want to get rid of it. And, and there are a million reasons and you've been in real estate a while. You probably know it can be something as simple as I just don't like the house anymore. I want out of it. Uh, it can be as complicated as, as a parent died, their heirs or multiple people involved, but somebody wants to get rid of a house and you step in as an investor and say, hey, listen, we can do this very quickly, very simply. Uh, you deed me the house. I'll take over your payments. I'll make your payments every month until I can sell the house. Will that work? There's no closing cost for the seller. There's very little for you as the investor. Uh, you know, you know, as well as I do, you can go to the bank and borrow money and pay thousands of dollars in closing costs. I, I can banks. close, I can close, <laughs> I can close a sub two deal. Uh, and literally, if I do it myself, it literally costs me 15 bucks, you know, go file a deed at the courthouse. Uh, if I go look up the title myself, take the time to do those little steps. 15 bucks, I've bought a house. I start making wow. the payments. I can rent it out. I can sell it with seller financing. I can live in it myself. I can do anything with that property I want, just like I financed it with the bank. I own it, but someone else is still on the note. That's okay. it. Okay. So I, I want to get in the mind of the person who's going to assign the deed over to you right? Mm -hmm. So this, is this somebody who's, I mean, obviously they don't have a whole lot of equity in the property. Is that right? Or Not or, always. Not I've always. People, okay. I've had people give me properties for 50 cents on the dollar and sign them over. Now, some of these people were in foreclosure and, you know, maybe the house was worth, uh, let's just say for simplicity purposes, it was worth a hundred thousand. Please keep them, 
please keep the math simple for me. Right. I don't have a calculator that I can do that this quick. I, you know, <laughs> I, I use that phrase all the time, Denzel Washington in the movie Philadelphia. Explain this to me like I'm three years old. <laughs> the approach that I try to take. Uh, let's say the house is worth 100 and they owe 60 and you know it's five five thousand of that is in arrears because the payments are only 500 bucks a month and they haven't made payments in a year and uh i had a guy literally in a very similar situation a few years ago give me a house worth about eighty five ninety thousand dollars needed just just paint and carpet very simple shaving a haircut as far as rehab and he said give me three grand and you can have it and so I did. I wrote him a check for three thousand. Spent a couple of thousand on paint and carpet, uh, and we listed the house. He only owed about forty-five on it. We listed the house, sold it for I think eighty-nine, and made forty grand on the house. Now, why did that guy do that? He was just at a place in his life. He 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 had gotten a divorce. He was behind on payments on his house, and he had just said, you know. I'm out, man. He, as a matter of fact, when I handed him his certified check in his driveway, his what he said when he held that check in both hands was Daytona, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he literally just didn't care. And you run into people like that sometimes. It's just a place they're at in their life where they don't care. But you're right. Typically, there's not going to be a tremendous amount of, of equity. Uh, yeah. Today, our, our, our number is 92%. Our average property that we buy now, we're paying 92 cents on the dollar for it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, you, and, and this is where I think I get confused is when you pay 92 bucks on the dollar, mm -hmm. you are 92 cents on the dollar, excuse me. Right. That would have been a hell of a return yeah. for uh, the seller. Yeah. Um, you get the deed of the property but they're still on the note. Like how, how is that okay? And how are most banks okay with that? Well, you know, banks, everybody hear about the do on sale clause, the do on sale jail, you know, it's like still, the biggest fear mongering yeah, thing right, in our space right. is what happens if I get called do on yeah. sale, right? Okay. This is what I can tell you for certain. It, pretty much every mortgage since 1982, 83 has had a do on sale clause in it. And if you read the do on sale clause, this is very important. If you read it, I mean, pull up a mortgage that you've got and actually look it up. It says transfer of title in this property may cause the bank at their option to call the loan due and payable. It doesn't say they absolutely will or we're going to do it or we'll probably do it. It says at their option. In other words, they can make the decision. Should we call it due? Should we not? And what, this is what I can tell you. Uh, about a year ago, I put out a call to I said, every investor I know, every group that I was in, uh, all my friends. I said, please, if you know for certain of a due on sale issue, actually where the bank called the loan due and followed through, please contact me and let me know. I had about a half dozen people contact me. And all but one were just friends of friends that heard about something that happened at some point or whatever. One person contacted me and said, I had it happen to me. I'll tell you about it. And we had him on the show on our podcast and he explained okay. what happened. And it was a small regional bank and they pay closer attention to what's going on. And there were some tips along the way that, that led to why it happened. It wasn't a, a clean sub two deal like most are. So can it happen? Absolutely. Will it happen? This is what I can tell you also is fact. 
in over 20 years and buying over 500 properties subject to from every bank in the book, from Bank of America, Regions Mortgage, Wells Fargo, Mr. Cooper, it doesn't matter. We've been down the list. I have never, ever had one bank mention due on sale to me. Wow. I would love to listen to that podcast personally. So if you, if, um, if you have a moment, just send it to me and then I'll add, I'll add it in the show notes as well. Cause I'm imagine okay. there's yeah. gonna be some eye opening stuff in there as well. I was going to make a joke there and this, this is probably not going to resonate with a whole lot of folks, but you, it sounds like that you have a more, a bigger chance of dying from COVID than you do from getting a do on sell clause. I would think so. I mean, I, I don't know. Call it on you. So that's, that's interesting. <laughs> 20 years you've been in the business, yeah. 500 years. transactions, and you've never had it happen. And you're doing yeah. exactly what a lot of people say is would cause the bank to, um, to, to do on that. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So you, you mentioned earlier the kind of folks who want to go to Daytona for lack of a better phrase, right? They're ready to go. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that what, what are some other reasons that people would be willing to sign over uh, their um, property to you and kind of what is the process? So I heard certified check in there a little bit. Um, you talked about taking the title to the court courthouse and filing it for 15 bucks. I probably wouldn't do that myself. I'd probably talk to my lawyer and pay him a couple hundred bucks to let him yeah. do it. But um, cause again, 20 years and 500 transactions later, I probably would do it for myself for 15 bucks sure. or have one of my people do it uh, versus pay the lawyer. But I'm first starting out. I'm going to consult my lawyer. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, what other things like you find the person and we'll get into here in a minute. What would, what other reasons people will get into the situation, but let's just say you get them to agree. All right, I'm going to let you take over payments for my house. What's the next step okay. uh, that you take? Well, to answer your first question about people in these different scenarios, I'll give you a few really quick some scenarios we've dealt with. Uh, divorce. My first sub two deal was the guy that was getting a divorce. Uh, they had a, The house was brand new. They had bought it one year before, young couple, 20 years old. Uh, they were getting a divorce. He couldn't make the payments on his own. They needed two incomes. Uh, he wasn't behind in payments, but he said, I won't be able to continue making them. Uh, this house still smelled new inside, clean car. I mean, mm. literally one year in, and that was my first sub two deal. Uh, we bought properties from people that had tremendous equity that I bought my, my biggest profit deal ever. We made over $70,000 on this one was a, a gentleman that, he had lived in this particular house in a nice part of town with his wife. They'd raised their kids. They were very well to do now. He had bought a golf course house and mm. that other house needed a little bit of updating. It needed, it had shag carpet in it. It needed new light fixtures. It was dated, uh, but it was in good condition, but he had to keep going over there and mowing the grass and keeping it up and doing stuff. And it was just a pain for him. I was literally at a, at a, investors meeting at a Chinese restaurant and he was leaving a note on my truck from my bandits. I mean, from my magnetics on <laughs> Magnus, my, on my, uh, yeah. saying, Hey, I got a house I need to sell. And, uh, and I went over and talked with him and he said, this house is just really a pain in the butt to me. And I said, well, you know, I just made my pitch because that's what I did. And he said, sounds like it'll work for me. And we bought it and sold it on a contract for deed and the folks cashed us out. 
and we made $70,000 on the house. He just wow. gave it to me. He had plenty of money and he didn't care. But okay, so the, the second part of your question. Is that the anomaly the though? Is that the anomaly? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> but I've, that's, I, that's a little, it's a little unusual. I kind of feel like your 20 years of experience <laughs> got you to that opportunity because you've yeah. learned so much along the way yeah. to make that just happen real quick. You know what well, I mean? Let me, let me tell you the reason I got that deal. Anyone else would have come in there, immediately put it together. The house is worth 200, they owe uh, 140. There's no way they'll agree to just let me take over the payments. They're probably gonna want some money. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead in that way. Okay, so you guys have, and I'm gonna say all the wrong things. Okay, Mr. Seller, it looks like you have about 6,000 in equity. How much of that would you have to have? Well, I didn't ask those questions. I said, mm. listen, this house needs some updating. It needs some things done to it. I'm going to have to spend some money on it. Uh, we could probably come in and take over your payments. Would that work for you? Now he had every opportunity to say, oh, heck no. I'm mm. going to need some money. You know, I got equity here, but he didn't. I'd already listened to his story. And that's always the first thing you do. Uh, Jay, get the story. Why do you want to sell? I heard it in his voice. The guy's got plenty of money. He doesn't care. It's just a pain in the butt for him. He just yeah. wants it gone. And when they give you key phrases like that, you know, I really just want this house gone. You know, they're not too worried about it. He didn't need money for a new down payment. He didn't need the money at all. And he could have come in and said, well, William, you know, I'm going to need a little cash out of this. I've owned this house a long time. I know there's equity. Uh, and we could have dealt from that. Would I have given him cash? Well, sure I would have because there was room, but yeah. I didn't offer it. And he said, okay. And yeah. most people just don't have the courage to do that. Um, I always tell yeah, my students, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I want to um, tap into your coaching program here in a minute, but I, I want to, I'm one of those guys, unless I actively like for the other day, uh, yesterday, matter of fact, I have a property. I don't want it anymore. Um, mm -hmm. The property management company who, manages it for me. I've let them slide on several things and just because it's pain and uh, I own it outright. It's only other different story here, but I call the tenant and on the phone and, and I said, look, here's the deal. The property management company has let me know they are no longer going to manage this property for me. And I said, I'm not, I'm not in a position to find another property manager or um, find a new tenant. If you guys decide to move out or, or whatnot, I would like to sell it to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause they've been there for a couple of years. They've always paid on time. And I'm thinking on the phone, she starts breaking down crying right there. Uh, upset that here we are, we're about to enter the holidays and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so immediately I was like, all right, wait a minute. I'm not saying you have to move out. I'm trying to make a long story short here is, she started pulling my heartstrings a little bit. I was like, look, I'll work with you. You know, I, I'm not trying to say you got to get out or your rent's going to double or anything like this. I'm going to work with you. But all of a sudden I, I start offering up things that she wasn't even asked for because she simply started crying. I was like, right. oh, gosh, anyway, so I need practice uh, doing that. And I feel like that's probably where your coaching program comes in. So I, I would love to uh, talk about that a little bit here in a minute, but I, I want to, circle back into you've got the reasons why people uh, enter sub two deals, mm -hmm. right? And then what are some of the things that happen after that, after you, you both agree, you negotiate, right. whatnot, sure. Uh, sure. what, what happens next? 
Okay, well, let me let me just back up one one thing here first. Let me say this before I get into the technical aspects. Don't okay. ever assume just because somebody has equity or they're not in foreclosure or whatever that they won't go for it. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. and listen, we don't talk about sub two with our seller. Uh, what I'm going to say, I'm going to listen to your story, Jay. If you're if you're my seller on the phone, I'm going to listen to your story. I'm going to know how much your property's worth because I know areas or I've got prop stream pulled up or, or whatever it is. Right. Uh, I'm going to ask you the questions. Well, is there a mortgage on the property? You don't know about what the balance is, how much the payments run, and that sort of stuff. Uh, and if I know it'll work, I'm just going to say something really simple. Well, listen, Jay, uh, it sounds like you've got a nice place and we're very interested uh, would us making payments for you until we can find a buyer work for you? That's some, okay. that's how you lead in. That's that's how I, I put it out there. And then, well, maybe tell me more. Uh, I'll hear all kinds of things. Well, maybe tell me more. Uh, absolutely. Would you really do that? Uh, all of, all mm. of those things you'll hear, you know. And then you know if they want to hear more, you'll just lay it out how it works. But don't ever assume just because their situation isn't desperate that they won't do it. Yeah. But to go to the technical aspects, okay, Jay, once you and I have agreed, you say, yeah, that would work for me, fine. Uh, I say, okay, so I'm gonna shoot you over a contract, and if you're remote, you're gonna do that by DocuSign or whatever, mm -hmm. and a couple of other documents, and you do that. If it's local, you're gonna go meet with them and, and get your documents done. We get a contract, we get a disclosure, we get a limited and specific power of attorney from them, we also get an authorization to release. And the authorization is gonna give us the okay to call the bank and, and verify information. Now remember, we've already talked to you and you've given us information mm -hmm. and we've written the contract based on that. If our due diligence uncovers the fact that no, you don't owe 150, you owe 200, then we're gonna to have to talk again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, there's a saying I use a lot, buyers are liars and sellers are storytellers. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and it happens, right? But yeah. <laughs> here, here's another thing that I see a lot of, especially new investors are afraid of. We actually talked about this on our coaching call the other night, is the fear of executing a contract. If I talk to you and it sounds like a good deal, I'm gonna get that contract. Okay, because I'm not going to go out and do a lot of due diligence without, you know, something tying me to that property. Maybe I've wasted a lot of effort. Maybe by the time I come back to you in a week or two, Crazy Steve, who buys any house, has already talked to you and you signed a contract with him. But don't be afraid of the contract. If things don't pan out, you can always get out of the contract if, you know, you, you've got it written correctly. And I'm not talking about weasel clauses. I'm talking about legitimate stuff, verifying the information you gave me. If your uh, balance owed is off, if the condition of the property isn't what you claimed it was, all of those things are legitimate reasons to back out of a contract. So we'll get our paperwork together. We'll get a title search done to verify title, which you do in any real estate transaction. I need to make sure you're the only owner and you're able to give me title and there are no junior liens you didn't tell me about or any title issues. And you can either learn to do that stuff yourself and go do it at the courthouse, or you can hire somebody to do it. It doesn't cost much for a title search. Yeah. We'll also verify information with the bank. What's the mortgage balance? What's the rate of the loan? What are the payments? Is there any forbearance? That's an important question today. Mm. Is the property in forbearance? Yeah. Uh, has it been in forbearance? Uh, has there been a loan modification? 
at any point. You need to know that stuff. You don't need those surprises later. But we'll get that information. Go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. So you you just call up the bank and ask them, hey, I need to know the the mortgage details on this property here. Or well, how, how does well, that work? It doesn't work that way exactly. Okay. <laughs> we, we get the authorization to release information. And that is okay. private information. So when you call the bank up, uh, they're going to ask you to fax that over. They okay. can verify that, the, you know, and it asks for the seller's name, their social security number, their date of birth, and the loan number. Now, the best way to do this and to really cut to the chase, and if you're sitting there in the house with the seller, it's super easy to do. You can do it even if you're remote, is get the seller to call the bank up while you're on mm. the phone too. And the seller can tell the bank, hey, this is... Jay, I own the property at 123 Oak Street. I'm sitting here with William. He's helping us with, with some financial matters. And uh, we need some information on this mortgage. And they'll mm. verify it right there with you listening. That's the easiest, fastest way to do it. Got it. Okay. They okay. can also add you as an authorized person while they've got the, the rep on the phone. Then anytime in the future you need to call about something, you're there. So it's okay. Yeah. That's how we like to do it. So, gotcha. Okay. Uh, we get that done. If everything checks out, uh, you know, we check the condition of the property. Either if we're remote, we'll send somebody by to take some photos for us and look at some things. If we're local, we'll run by and take a look. If everything looks good, we coordinate a date. If the seller still lives in the house when they move out, uh, if the house is already vacant, we set the closing immediately. And we can close any way you want to. You can do it yourself, print your documents if you've got the right ones for your state. You can send a mobile notary by with the documents to do it for you. It costs about 100, 150 bucks. Or you can set a standard closing at a real estate office with a title company or an attorney. And it'll cost you a little bit more money. But, yeah. you know, whatever you're comfortable with. When you get started, I recommend an attorney. Okay? Yes. Just <laughs> don't know what you don't know. But when yeah. you've done a dozen of them, uh, listen, my students do their own closings all the time. Nice. Uh, it's not that hard to do. It, it, it's really not about the money, Jay. It's about convenience. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. yeah. If, well, if somebody, in the yeah. comfort too of knowing, and I so I'll the title search again. I would mm -hmm. hire a professional to do it. I don't know how to do those. I've I've tried to do them in the past. Yeah. And um, that property that I mentioned <laughs> just a moment ago, we've held it long enough that those title issues have now cleared off. Uh, but when I bought it, I bought it without a title search and I went to my attorney and I said, what have I got myself into? He goes, well, first of all, I'm going to hit you over the head with a hammer. So you'll remember next time before you buy a property, come to me and we'll do a title search for you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. So I am a huge fan of, of, uh, until you become an expert. And this is the only time I, this was a tax deed uh, auction. And this is the only time I've ever done that. I feel like if I've done 10 or 15 of them, I would, not have to go to my attorney, but first off, I'm, I'm going to him. I've learned my lesson the hard way. There. You should, you really should. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the only reason I wanted to learn how was those last minute deals. When people call mm -hmm. you the night before the foreclosure auction and you can't get anybody to go take a look at title for you. Yeah. That's why I wanted to learn. And I actually, you know, I, start, I got started in Georgia and it's an attorney state, not a title state. We don't have title companies. And my, my attorney was an old guy. He'd been doing it for a hundred years and he did my first few. And I asked him, I said, uh, 
Wayne, I said, this next title we do together, can I come to the courthouse and just shadow you? And he said, absolutely. So I followed him and he showed me step by step how to nice. do everything. So, so on last minute stuff, I would just run to the courthouse and do it myself. And it's pretty easy. Very nice. Very nice. So, um, let's talk about your coaching program for a minute. Um, and I hate it for these listeners because I'm seriously interested. <laughs> I hope they are too, but you know, it's one of those things where I feel like, uh, matter of fact, I just did a Facebook live talking about real estate investors need successful, excuse me, successful real estate investors need three people in their lives. They need a coach, they need a mentor and they need at least two masterminds they need to be part of. And the coach is seasonal, right? You go through just like if you played basketball or football, or whatever the sport was, there was a season that you played. There was a coach that coached you during that season. And, you know, if I'm getting serious about sub two deals, which I hearing you talk about it and kind of following you since I asked the question um, like a month ago, I, I feel like with, I think there's going to be a buying season coming up. I think the forbearance question you posed earlier is uh, really awesome. Um, and something I definitely haven't thought of, but if I want to get serious about this, tell me about your coaching program and um, where I can find out more about it and all that good stuff. Cause yeah. I'm seriously, I'm I'm going through, I'm going through a coaching program right now. Uh, it'll end at the end of December. So I'm kind of looking at what am I going to do for the first quarter, right? What's sure. my, what's my coaching going to be? Because that would potentially align, align with what I think the buying season, where the buying season is going to start. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Sorry, listeners and viewers, but this is, <laughs> I, I, think, I know I you think... and I could talk about this <laughs> off, offline, uh, William, but uh, yeah. why I've got you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell you about it. I mean, it's nothing real complicated. We've got two, two programs that we do. One, uh, is a joint venture partnership program that we do. It's a six-month program. Uh, we typically take on people who already have some real estate knowledge. Maybe they've been wholesalers, rehabbers, or whatever, and they're interested in sub two, and they just don't know how to do it. And so we'll work with them in their market. We'll do a market analysis. We do weekly uh, coaching calls with them. They get my phone number. They've got 24 access to me if that seller calls or and they need to know what to do. They also have lifetime access to our Facebook group. That's lifetime access they get. Uh, we do that, that joint venture partnership. Then we do the Facebook coaching group, which is a subscription based. It's a very low fee at 67 bucks a month. Uh, we do weekly coaching calls in there. We provide forms for them, documents, explainer videos, how to use them. And then, of course, it's a mastermind sort of format where it's constant questions and answers. We're all communicating. So uh, those are the two programs that we offer right now. All right. So I'm going to follow up with you on the, the joint venture stuff um, once we do this. And if anybody's listening knows, I when I say that stuff, I definitely follow up on it. Um, I had Mark Willis who is a certified financial planner came on to talk about the bank on yourself concept a couple months ago. And I told him, I said, look, man, I'm, when we hang up, I'm going to schedule some time with you. I went and did that. And we've now started this bank, our bank on yourself concept ourselves. Uh, and there's some other interesting stuff that's coming up. I don't know that I can say that just yet. But uh, there's by the time this comes out. But anyway, there's some there's some cool stuff coming out about that. But it just I, I meant it earlier when I that I don't like bankers. Bank is a four letter word for a reason, and yeah, this whole concept right. will allow us to 
um, take advantage of um, being our own bank, right? And creating our own pool of money that we can use in our investments. I, I'm curious, you mentioned a couple of different niches there with flipping and wholesaling and stuff. Do you have um, those all kind of seem to go together? Like if you could find a wholesale deal or a deal that doesn't fall into a wholesale bucket, it may fall into the sub two deal bucket. It may fall into the fix and flip bucket. Um, do you do any buy and hold? You know, every listen, up until 10 years ago, I was a transaction engineer. Uh, I marketed and yeah. the leads that came in, I pigeonholed those things. This is a flip. Okay, we're going to flip it. Uh, this is a rehab. We're going to rehab it. This is a sub two, we're gonna to sub two it, and we may exit with a section eight rental, we may exit with a lease option, we may exit with owner financing, and we did everything. I mean, we made chicken salad out of chicken poop on a daily basis, you know what I mean? Uh, I figured, I'm marketing, you know, I'm gonna make something happen. About 10 years ago, I had some life changes. I got a divorce, I've been married a long time, got a divorce, moved out of the country, I actually moved to Belize and lived there for several years and just started investing remotely. And just that wow. change made rehabbing difficult. And I just really refined the process. And all we do now is look for pretty houses, uh, target low equity stuff, VAs that are transferring that have only owned the home a couple of years. They're typically newer, nicer homes in great condition, uh, things like that and we'll buy those and immediately sell them with seller financing. That's all we do. So what we get is the equivalent of a nice wholesale check up front with a down payment. Our typical house we buy is about 250,000. So we'll get 20, 25,000 up front. We'll collect anywhere from three to 500 a month in cash flow another dean uh, on the back end so we get another wholesale uh chunk wow. like that so i think it's the best of all worlds it's rental income it's wholesale cash immediately and it just works great and that's one of the things i teach my students what i call the 12 houses to freedom buy one house a month every month with those criteria and by the end of the 36th month you're making over half a million dollars a year consistently and all you got to do is buy one house a month and anybody on the planet can buy one house a month. All right, guys, I want to take a quick break from the interview today with uh, William Tingle and let you know about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. This is a virtual mastermind built for all experience levels and niches of real estate investing. We have, it's incredible to think, we have over 20 calls that are hosted at various times all throughout the month. And it's a way for you to get connected with like-minded people. The phrase, uh, my REI family is being tossed around from a lot of the members in there. Um, but it's just one of those things where you get around like-minded people. You spend some time with them every week or every other week, depending on when the call happens. And it's amazing to see what's going to happen with your mindset with your real estate investing portfolio, most members of the mastermind, if they've been in the mastermind for over a year, their portfolios, when I say most, it's like 82%. The 82% of people who have been in the mastermind and been active in the mastermind for over a year have more than doubled their portfolio in this crazy hot market that everybody talks about. You can't find a deal. Anyway, to find out more about the mastermind, you can go to w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. But for now, let's get back to the interview with Mr. William Tingle. I'm getting so I'm 
I'm excited about this. If you have, I hope you will have me in your coaching program because I, I really like. There's some other things that I've been working on, and and we'll get into that. But it gets into the seller financing stuff. Right. Uh, uh, we, maybe you and I can get it, get get into that offline. Sure. Uh, I don't know that I'm. Again, I'm not full of secrets, but there are conversations I've had with folks that ask me to not talk about it on the on the air, but yeah. on the air. We're not on the air. We're not a radio station. Hey, I'm curious though. Why, why Belize? What, what, uh, what took you there? You know what? One of the things that my family and I, when I got into real estate after I'd been in it a couple of years and I quit my job and we were making, you know, some good money. Uh, one of the, I'm, I'm not a big uh, flashy. I need a jet. I need a, you know, a Lambo and all that stuff. Uh, but I love to travel and we traveled mm. a bunch. We went on a hundred different cruises. We traveled all over. I mean, I've been to all 50 states, United States, Canada, wow. Mexico, every island in the Caribbean, uh, been to Europe. I mean, we, we traveled a bunch. And uh, we were looking for a place that was relatively close by. We all loved the beach. And Belize stood out because English is the first language. Hmm. Their dollar, their, their monetary system is tied directly to the U.S., two to one, two Belize dollars to one American dollar. They're super American friendly where some places aren't. Like you go to France, man, they hate your gut in France. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, really, you know, it's amazing. But, and they had a, a really cool uh, expat <laughs> program to bring people in from the U.S. where they would let you come into the country, have permanent residency, and bring all your stuff duty-free. It, it was just really advantageous. And yeah. uh, so I liked it. And, and I remembered that from when we had, you know, we would travel. Like when we went to Hawaii, we wouldn't go for a week. We'd stay for a couple of months. But we went to Belize and stayed for six weeks. We did stuff. We RV'd on the East Coast for three months. And we did wow. things like that. So... Uh, and that's what, you know, that's what selling with seller financing lets you do. It lets you create that yeah. cash flow. So, but that's why, and, and that's why I went there. And it was great. You know, I loved it. But I mean, like cool. I said, I, I met what actually uh, met my wife. She was a coaching student of mine and we been talking about stuff. Uh-oh, uh -oh. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah. This is, this yeah, is going to unravel really. here now. <laughs> yeah, really. And uh, so she said, listen, I love Colorado and I'm not leaving. And I said, well, okay. So I moved to Colorado <laughs> and we got married and, so I'm freezing cool. now, man. This place is killing. Yeah, <laughs> a lot different than Belize this time of year, yeah, I'm sure. Is. Yeah. Um, did you did you buy any property when you were in Belize? Did you, did you not uh, not in no? I, I don't buy property it. in foreign countries, especially in almost third world type situations. Yeah. It's a little too volatile places. You never know where they're going to change the laws, and and things will be a little different. But no, I continue to buy in the U.S. Yeah, I was I'm, uh, I was curious if any of the local the if you had some if any of the recent hurricanes that we're experiencing um, has affected that any of your properties. But if you don't have any, then that's a mute point, right? So um, that's cool. That's cool. Never been to Belize. I've only in in I, I love your uh, travel. Like my wife and I, so we have three three young kids, uh, six and under. Um, yeah. And we, we want to do the RV thing. We want to take oh, off and I, and she would leave tomorrow if we could. And I'm like, I, you know, um, I, uh, she's more patient with the kids than I am. Yeah. So we're, we're, this year we're doing a trial run of homeschooling. Oh yeah. That's and great. then, and then, um, which a lot of people, you know, you tell people that they kind of look at you funny. I don't know. I uh, I don't know why. Well, I don't know. 
teach is off, but we're, uh, you know, we, we've got a plan three years. We're going to, we're going to do the RV thing. Um, and I'm it's looking great. forward to it. It's, it's great, that. Jay. You're going to love it. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. I mean, you, you, you plan your trip, you know, a couple stops in advance. I mean, you got the big picture, but you plan it a couple stops in advance. And if you go somewhere and you absolutely love it, just stay another month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did y'all, so did you have a fifth wheel or did you have a, 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 like a, what I consider um, a band tour bus? Our, our first RV was a class C. It was uh, about 32 feet. I think Uh, it was nice size. I mean, it was, we had two boys, they were both teenagers. Uh, So that was our first one. Then we bought a class A and everybody said, fifth wheels are so great. We bought a fifth wheel. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> the class C was great. The class A was great. Don't do the fifth wheel. Okay. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't care for it. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm at on the whole thing. And and then I'm like, well, I also don't want to tow any like vehicle behind me, you know? So if we get to somewhere and we just happen to want to go, I don't know, explore, if we have a class, because I want a class A, and class A is the the tour bus, right? It's the band tour bus. Uh, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Now, we're probably going to get what the wife wants, but if we have a class A, then getting up and just going to dinner at a restaurant, I don't know. I don't know how that. We got to put some more thought well, into listen, it. Well, listen, towing towing a car towing isn't difficult. We we had a Jeep, and they're great. You can take the top okay. down no matter where you're going. You want a Jeep Wrangler. Uh, and, and let me tell you this and, and buy used because you, the, the, oh, yeah. the price, the difference is incredible. You can get, look for a deal. It's just like real estate. Uh, our first RV that we bought was from a family. Uh, they had retired, bought an RV, going to travel. It was their lifelong dream. One month out on the road, her dad had a stroke. They had mm. to come back and take care of him. They had to sell the RV. Uh, so wow. we bought an RV. We bought a, a class C uh, a nice big class C uh, with 13,000 miles on it, probably mm. a quarter of what a new one would have cost. And it was like, new. yeah, so, yeah. Looking so for you the just got to look for the deal. Yeah. Look for the deal. That's right. I got gotcha. you. I gotcha. Uh, I'm curious though. So we're getting a little personal stuff here. Um, you have a dog named Queso. Yes. Right. That's right. Uh, Cause I saw, I saw this video, your, your wife posted, you were teaching Queso how to catch. And I believe her <laughs> caption was he's here ducking and, and he's hearing uh, duck instead of uh, fetch. Right. I guess he so. kind of yeah. Back. Yeah. But I have to imagine if you have a dog named Queso that you enjoy Mexican food. Listen, my wife, uh, Jody had the dog when I met her, it was her. Okay. 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 And you're absolutely right. She will eat Mexican food three times a day, every day, forever. Yeah. I could hang out with her as for as long as she wanted to then. I, I, I am the same way. Matter of fact, there is a plate of nachos waiting on me. After we get yeah. this. <laughs> she, there's, a, there's a place here she loves called Jose Muldoon's. Okay. And, uh, and when I came here, I could, never could remember the name, so I called it Jose Cuervo. <laughs> and that's, that's what we call it now. It was going to Jose Cuervo. So yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. She, she loves me. And speaking of working like a dog, you or being a dog, you said something earlier before we hit the record button about working like a dog before you got into sub two deals. So what, what's yeah. your story there? I don't, I, I did some research on you, but I, I couldn't find out. I mean, you've been doing this for so long. 
at least I couldn't find it in my research er, uh, efforts that there was anything you were associated with except for being the sub two uh, deal guy. So, yeah, well, listen, I, when I was 18 years old, uh, I, I, I was a welder and okay. uh, had, had a girlfriend. We never saw each other. I worked in the daytime. She worked at night. She was a waitress at Pizza Hut. And uh, she said, hey, if you come work here, we'll see each other. So I got a job as a dishwasher <laughs> in Pizza Hut. And yeah. let me tell you, if you ever get sucked into the restaurant business, because about then it was like 1980 when the interest rates went to 21% and all yeah. the construction stopped. And, and so, you know, I got laid off at work. And so the part-time okay. dishwashing job turned into a full-time restaurant job. If you ever get sucked into that, they never let you out. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, pretty soon you get to be in management, you're making decent money, but you work 60, 70 hours a week. And so, and that's where I found myself in 1999. I'd been in the restaurant business for 20 years. Uh, I didn't have a college degree and, but I was, you know, making, you know, 60, 70 grand a year. And when you got a family, you can't just switch to something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was so tired and frustrated one night at two o'clock in the morning, I'm watching a Carlton Sheets infomercial. And uh, I just ordered the course and I, and I didn't know, you know, back then the internet wasn't as prominent as it is now. So I wasn't surrounded by people saying that crap won't work. So I just did what he said and I started buying houses. It was amazing. Uh, But yeah, I worked in the restaurant industry for 20 years and I worked a ton of, it's it's tough work. Anybody that's done it knows. I waited, I waited tables in college and Mm -hmm. um, after about three months in there, the management team started talking to me about becoming a manager and I was like, I, I'm, I'm in my very early twenties, late teens, early twenties. I'm like, you guys are in your forties and fifties and you're here on your weekends and you're here when I'm here and I'm, and you're here when I show up, you're here when I leave, you're here on the weekends. I know you all have families. No, I don't, I don't want that job. (laughs) Yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, You start looking, you start looking around and you got small children and you leave before they're awake and you get home after they're in the bed and that's no life. Yeah. And that really, I know we're picking on the restaurant industry right now, but that really has is the case with most of corporate America right now. Right. Um, now we're in the middle of COVID. So a lot of folks are realizing they can work from home and, uh, which might be, I don't know, have you received any leads from people who said, Hey, my employer now says I can work from anywhere. I'm going to hop on a train to go to Florida because I don't like the cold weather in Colorado anymore or wherever the case they are. Is that? No, we, we haven't, we haven't bought from anybody in that situation. We are starting to market, uh, to landlords though, to out of state owners. Uh, we're looking yeah. for people who aren't getting paid. Gotcha. So that's, gotcha. that's, that's a new thing that we're starting to do. Haven't had any results from that, but no. uh, looking for landlords who, who just, the tenants have just decided they don't have to pay. So they won't, you can't get me out, what you can do. Uh, yeah. So we're looking that's, for those right now. That's pretty smart. I, in our mastermind call, we have, we talk about that quite frequently. Professional tenants are, uh, well, they're professional tenants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to put it other than they have figured out to game the system. And, and there's a couple um, in the mastermind right now are going through some pretty difficult situations and, and thousands. If you combine the two, I know it's over uh, tens of thousands of dollars that their tenants are back paid on rent. And wow. even though where these properties are, there's there's been assistance the uh, tenant has not applied for the assistance, doesn't care for the assistance, and knows that 
because the moratorium that they don't have to do anything. And it's just teaches you, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it and said, well, I know where I'll never invest. Mm. It's in those States. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and I think there are a lot of landlords out there that just aren't people that just aren't really thinking instead of trying to fight it or write it out, mm -hmm. just go talk to people. Don't be afraid to knock on the door uh, and just talk to the tenant, pay them to leave. You know, whatever yeah. works, you know, that that's the approach that we have with our seller finances. Uh, you know, if, if somebody stops paying, you know, we're going to try to talk to them and try to find out what's created the problem. Can they make partial payments? What can they do? If it's obvious their situation isn't going to improve very quickly, they gave us 10% down. If, if this is a $250,000 house and they handed us $25,000, uh, we've got a formula we use. The condition of the house We'll start at 50% of what they gave us, minus any repairs that need to be made. If I have to pay somebody back five or $8,000 of that money to get my house back and resell it, it's a good deal. Mm, you know, gotcha. The, gotcha. The house doesn't get destroyed. They even help you show the house because they want the money. And they know they're going to have to pay you in the end anyway. So yeah. they may as well do yeah. it. You know, just go talk to people. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid of the crucial conversation, right? Or the critical conversation Absolutely. needs to be had. Yeah. The, um, we keep talking and, and I didn't frame this correctly when we started, just made me think of it. But when we're talking about sub two deals, are we talking about just single family residences or it, you know, you talked about landlords, it met my mind immediately went to, you know, small or mm -hmm. commercial multifamily. It, can you do a sub two deal on a, um, a commercial multifamily? Uh, typically, you're looking at something for family or less. It doesn't have a commercial mortgage on it. Commercial yeah. mortgages uh, don't operate usually the same as a single family fixed rate, 30 years full payout. Yeah. Okay. Commercials a lot of times have five-year, 10-year balloons or, or different adjustable features. And those are as long as you're aware of those and you, you factor that in, you can sub to anything. I've got yeah. students that, that have moved into sub two and cars. Okay. Wow. Automobile, okay. you know, I mean, anything that's got a mortgage on it or a payment plan on it, you can take over and sub to existing financing. Just know that the notes are probably different. You need to know the are, are you concerned at all uh, with the sub two sub two deal um, niche? I was going to call it an industry, but it's not an industry, but the sub two deal niche with the way the interest rates are low today, right? And, and the feds said, Hey, for a couple of years, we're not, we're, we're not, we don't think we're going to have to do anything with it. Right. But are you concerned about where the sub two deal uh, market is headed? Is this going to help you guys? Is it going to hurt you guys? Or are the reasons that, and I may just be giving you the answer here, are the reasons that people want to enter sub two deal, they're going to, they're going to exist regardless of what the interest rate is. Absolutely. They are. Okay. Remember okay. Uh, Jay, I've been doing this for 20 years. When I got started, if I found somebody with a loan, I could take over at 8%, man, that was great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make any difference. It's, you know, we just got some tremendous cash flow deals. I mean, I've got students cash flow at 800 a thousand dollars a month. Wow. Uh, one of our students in California just bought a house that he's he's going to sell it with seller financing. I believe his rate to his buyer is only going to be three and three quarters percent. And he's still going to cash flow a thousand dollars a month. 
because he's wow. taking over a two percent loan on a half million dollar property. Wow. Okay. okay. So there, there is no, I mean, there is, excuse me, sub two deals apply for every price point there is. Absolutely. They do. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And the higher okay. the dollar amount, the more money you can make. You know, when I talk about the 12 houses, also bigger the rest though. Well, I mean, the bigger the risk, it depends. It depends on, uh, you know, if you, do you have a buyer's list or you, do you have a bunch? I mean, in, in the California market where Casey's at, half a million dollar home is pretty affordably priced. Gotcha. So, you gotcha. know, and, and it's just as hot right now as it is anywhere else in the, in the country. You know, they're buying those houses as fast as they can out there. So he's looking for a $50,000 down payment. And as a matter of fact, he posted it in the forum the other day that, he had just got this house ready to go and just listed it and he had a buyer within two hours. Oh, so wow. pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, so, so it's a lot a about risk. your group too, man. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, Casey, you should listen to my podcast with Casey too. Uh, Casey in 19, in 2008 was the most hated blogger in the world. He had a blog <laughs> called I'm facing foreclosure. And it's like I said, it's, I don't want to take up a bunch of time, but it's a very interesting story. He had bought, about eight properties on what we used to call liar loans. You remember those? Where people no, would lie no, about actually. Their, you know, Tell they me were about stated, that. stated income loans. You just told the bank, and it's based on your credit score totally. You told the bank how much you made, and if you were making 20000 a year, you could say, oh, I'll make 150000 a year. They go, great, here's your, here's your mortgage. He bought eight properties like that at the wow. peak of the market. As soon as the market crashed, he lost almost all of them before closure, and he blogged about it. And he, people would come in there and just rail on him for being the problem. <laughs> he was he was literally, I mean, he was in USA Today. He was on Robert Kiyosaki's show. He was on Susie Orman's <laughs> show. Uh, he was called the most hated blogger in the world. And he and I stayed in touch because, I, you know, I reached out to him during that time to talk to him. And he did a podcast with me a few months ago, and he said it motivated. He hadn't bought a house since. It motivated him to go out and do something. He went out and bought this house. It's amazing. It's a great story. Casey's <laughs> That's great. awesome. That was very cool. The most hated blogger. I don't know how I would feel. I wouldn't stick. I wouldn't want that title, and I probably wouldn't stick around for a while if uh, I, I did get it. But there is no bad press, right? I guarantee you, <laughs> if you do a Google search for Casey, the most hated blogger in America, it'll pull him up. There he is. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty well known. He's a young that's guy. Awesome. He's yeah. He, this happened to him when he was like 25. Wow. So, yeah. He's a so, great comeback story. One more question. Then I got some random questions, random personal questions I want to ask you. Um, on your website, you boast about 620 million in loans taken. Mm -hmm. what, what does that actually mean, right? Uh, that means that at, at, the, at the time when we redid our website, we went through and looked at all the loans we had taken over uh, and totaled it all up and how much of other people's debt we had taken on okay. and made payments on through the years. Wow, That's what that okay. Meant. All right. I mean, that's think about that for a minute, Jay. That's debt we never signed for that other people signed over to. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's if you're lot. if you're average, I'm not going to do that math right here mm -hmm. on the air. Um, yeah. But if your average purchase price, your average house purchase price is somewhere around two hundred thousand. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of properties. 
it property. is a lot of property. It says, and it's, it's something that you could never, and that's really what brought me to sub two when I got started was I wanted to create a certain amount of income to live a certain lifestyle. It wasn't super flashy, but if I wanted to travel, I wanted to be able to travel. If I wanted, you know, my wife wanted a new minivan for the kids, I wanted to be able to get it for and I calculated how much money that was. And I said, the bank's never going to lend me this much money. Uh, I'm going to get to a certain point of six or eight loans and they're going to go, eh, we got too much exposure with you. Yeah. Uh, but I can buy sub two all day long. Obviously. So. I'm signing up, man. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to get there here in a minute. How do I, how do I look at this? Uh, get, become part of your joint venture uh, group. Uh, sure. That's uh, very interesting to me. All right. I started doing this a couple of weeks ago. It adds a little uh, different flavor to it. We're going to break it up a little bit. We're, we're talking about queso and earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to give you three random questions. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. And forgive the pause. Sometimes I have to go through it. This is an app. I have my phone. Sometimes I have to get the, the safe for listeners uh, cards, but this one's pretty, this one's pretty easy. It goes, or not pretty easy. It's pretty safe. Uh, we're talking about queso earlier. Um, would you rather eat only salty food or only sweet food for an entire year? Uh, if I had to go for a year, it'd probably be salty. Me too. Me too. I would, I would, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm not, a, I'm not a big sweets person, although mm -hmm. that's not true. You, you get I'm into moods sweet for person. sweets though. You know, yeah. sweet mood for sweet comes and goes. Uh, I can go without sweet for a long time. I don't think I could eat sweet exclusively. Yeah. No, and and I've got some guys in the mastermind and gals who are um, real into being physically fit and whatnot. So mm -hmm. the other night in one of our happy hour sessions, I committed to doing 75 hard, and which is, you know, one of those workout yep. regiments or whatnot. Right. And one of the things in there, you have to choose a diet. I don't know that I've ever had a diet that I've used to try to lose weight before in my life. And I was like, you know what? Let me just see. Cause they joke around with me a lot because I like, I like cereal. I, every time we end a mastermind or every time before bed, I will eat at minimum two bowls of cereal before I go to bed. And, um, I just, I, you know, Big fan of Cheerios, hashtag not sponsored, but if they want to sponsor yeah. a show, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, I looked it up and there is a Cheerios diet. Like there is, yeah. Cheerios has created this diet like where you only eat cereal for, I don't know, so many days. But I, I, I could not eat that and that only for 75 days. There's no, yeah. Uh, yeah. What is the funniest joke that you know by heart? The funniest joke that I know by heart. Wow. Well, I don't know if it would be suitable for broadcast. I mean, it's pretty funny to me, but I don't. Well, I don't, if it's if it's too bad, I'll take it out. But I, if you're okay I, with it being in, tell I, it. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. That makes me a little uncomfortable, Jay. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can you, you can tell let's, me after we stop. Let's recording. let's skip that. Let's, let's skip that one. <laughs> All right, so this one goes along with traveling. You you are a, a world traveler. Uh, I mean, the definition that you told me earlier. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a weird Uber experience? I've never Ubered. What? Never. I, that's the same thing my How wife can, says. How can you never Uber? I said, listen, because everywhere I've ever gone, 
in, in the beginning, I would always just rent a car, you yeah. know, and, and then, but then as time's gone on and stuff, and I've just realized, like when we got married, we got married in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. So, you know how it is down there, a car would be useless. We, we didn't Uber yeah. though, we just took uh-huh. taxis. I don't know why. I've just uh, never, maybe it's my age, you know, it's a younger person's thing or whatever, but my wife's Ubers all the time when she goes places, but I've never, ever Ubered. William, you and I are not that distance in age. I know. You might be surprised. No, you, I might be. I might be. <laughs> uh well thank you sir for being I, I, i've only ubered a couple of times matter of fact the last uh business trip i had on when i had a w2 we had to go to boston and whatnot and and i think that was a, one of the second or third times i've ubered at all and i called my wife and she said she says what are you doing i said well i'm sitting here in the hotel lobby waiting on my uber to go meet uh we're gonna go to this restaurant and have some drinks and blah blah, blah. she goes who are you right now like who, who am I talking to grabbing an Uber? I was like, yeah, so I've, I can yeah. check that box. I've, I've been there. Um, I don't even have the app. I mean, I just never, I don't think I have it anymore now that I um, no longer have a W2. I mean, I, you know, I'd probably pop it on there if we start traveling again for, for fun, but Hey, that could, that could answer my question. If I get a class a RV, we, we get to our destination and then we just Uber everywhere. Yeah. That, that, that way I don't have to yeah. t- haul anything. We have the flexibility. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, but listen, no, but listen, let me, let me tell you, you're going to want to, when you go certain places, you're going to want to like, you go up in new England, you're going to want to take yeah. the leaf drives in the fall. You're going to want to go to the cranberry bog with your kids. Okay. You're going to want to do all those things. So, you know, you're going to need a Jeep, get a, get a Wrangler and just get the tow bar. It's not hard to tow. Okay. So, all right. Jeeps Can you fit five too. kids in a Jeep? Five kids? I mean, three kids. Sorry. Three, five, oh, yeah. Across five, the back. Yeah. Oh. Across the back. Okay. yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. uh, yeah. Small children. Yeah. You could get them in. No problem. And then okay. maybe you just need a bigger, you know, a Wrangler, a bigger Jeep at some point. But yeah, you can tow a Jeep four down. You don't have to have the, the tow thing or whatever. Behind. Okay. Yeah, they're great. That's what you want. I had a, I had a Wrangler Unlimited. And then um, sold it when we started having kids because we adopted the Ramsey baby step principles. And that was one thing. It was the third car. Didn't need it. Sold it. But anyway, uh, William, I have enjoyed talking with you and getting to know you uh, tremendously. Knowing about Queso and cool stuff about you, about being a world traveler. All that aside, I am interested about how do I sign up for um, sub two deal coaching and then how can people find out more about you and what all that you have going on? Well, the easiest way to find out something that won't cost you a dime is to join our group, our Facebook group, uh, the sub two forum, and you can get there. We bought a URL to direct you. It's uh, sub2forum.com. Uh, that'll take you straight to the Facebook groups free. It doesn't cost you a nickel. I'm in there every day. Uh, if you're interested in the JV partnership, you can go to our website, which is sub2deals.com. Uh, click on consulting and there'll be a drop down joint venture partner. It'll tell you how it works. Click on there and schedule a call. We'll do a call with you. It won't cost you a cent. Uh, talk a little bit about your investing, your investing goals, your experience. And if what we have works for you and, and your experience level, uh, the Facebook coaching group is also found on uh, the sub2deals.com website uh, on, under the consulting tab, a coaching group. You can go there, read about it, see what it includes, sign up for that. Like I said, it's a 
subscription-based, seven bucks a month. There's no commitment. You can join for a month, see if you like it. If you don't, bug out. No hard feelings. Nice. We'll still take you in the free group and still yeah. answer. <laughs> so Love whatever it. you like, but that's that's the best way to find out about us. Yeah, hang out in the free group for a while, see if you like what you hear. Awesome. Well, I want to invite everybody to follow my lead and go to sub2deals.com and schedule a call with uh, William or uh, I'm assuming you don't take every call. It's probably somebody on your team. I take every call. Do you really? Wow. I do. Listen, if you sign up for anything with me, you deal with me. I, I love I don't that. Have, I don't have a bunch of junior coaches that are going to be on calls with you. Every single call is with me. And nice. I, oh. I, don't, I don't hire that stuff out. That was a perfect way for us to circle back around to my very first comment about how you commented on every, uh, every person who tagged you when I asked my question, Hey, who's your sub two deal go to resource. So, uh, that's incredibly awesome. I, I don't, I don't take that many, I don't have thousands of students. I mean, I, I have thousands of people that follow us and, and come obviously in the free group, but our coaching group on Facebook is small. It's only about a hundred people. We don't advertise it and that sort of thing. And our joint venture partners, uh, we have, I've only ever had four of those at a time. I just, mm. I have so many, so many hours in the day and I don't farm out the coaching. I super appreciate all of the people that I work with. And awesome. we try to make sure they're successful. So. All right. Well, I'm going to find the time to talk to you again then. Okay. Sounds good. I'm <laughs> looking it. forward to it. William, thank you very much. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just reply with hashtag goat and William's going to know what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, <laughs> you need to go to YouTube, check it out. <laughs> yep, that's right. All right, William, I will chat with you soon, buddy. Okay. Thanks. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed and got something out of these, this episode with, Mr. William Tingle and sub two deals. I certainly did. I honestly, I have already signed up uh, for him and I to engage and possibly a coaching session to get me on the fast track to understanding sub two deals and get my first sub two deal done. Well, I'm scheduled for Tuesday, January 5th is when he and I are going to have our first uh, conversation. So look for me uh, to provide you updates with that as we go along. If time goes by and you just want to reach out, email me j at w2capitalist.com and uh, ask me about it. Say, hey, how's it going? Anything like that. The other thing I want to ask you to do is, or, or the kind of next steps, is for you to go connect with William, right? Sub two deals. He's on Facebook, and, and the guy is just super responsive, super relation, uh, relatable, uh, and willing to talk to really just anybody, right? Which, come to think of it, maybe that, uh, maybe he's not a special. No, I'm just kidding. He is a special guest. Uh, anyway, William has been nothing but nice and being able to will, willing to share his knowledge over 20 years of experience he shared with us today, which is incredible. So I'm looking for that shortcut and connecting with him, looking forward to that shortcut and connecting with him earlier this year. So the last step I, I would ask you to do, if you're interested at all in joining us in the mastermind, go take the, the W2 Capitalist quiz. That is the very first step that you have to take to be considered for the mastermind. Now, the mastermind is a paid mastermind, but it's good to know that uh, not just everybody gets in, right? Uh, we've had over 200 applicants in the last, um, I'd say, 60 days from when I'm recording this, when we started this whole expansion process. And uh, no, 30 days. Wow, 30 days. So we've had over 200 applicants. And we've only accepted 10. So not everybody gets in. By the way, you don't have to be have the most experience. You don't have to have uh, any experience at all. 
We're looking for people with the right mindset and people who are looking for an REI family that's going to help push them and hold them accountable. That's the other thing you got to be wanting. You have to be able to want to be held accountable for accomplishing what you're, you commit to saying you're going to accomplish. So check us out w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind, but go ahead and take that first step w2capitalist.com forward slash quiz. You guys make it a great day and earn, invest, repeat. 